Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite T-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. Susan, can you hear us? Hello, yes I can now. <laughs> oh, well that's good. You couldn't hear us before. Oh, that's Not at all, no. What I was saying was if you need cheering up, we usually go out, we see a band, we see a movie, we see the latest musical. And that's because a night on the town can work wonders to lift our spirits. But do we ever stop to think about the singers, the actor or the writers that pour their hearts and souls into making their art for us? Or what about the roadie, the gaffer or the lighting genius who gets and keeps that show on the road? Research has found that those who are responsible for the communication of so much joy to us also consider the possibility of suicide five to seven times more than the general population. So what happens when the applause stops and we go home? So joining us on the phone is Susan Cooper. She is the General Manager of Entertainment Assist and her research or her organisation's research with Victoria University shines a light on the mental health crisis facing those in show business. Susan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, thank you. And we really do have you there and you can really hear me. Yes, I can. <laughs> that, that is good for our peace of mind anyway, isn't it? Indeed. Okay, so look, could you first of all just run us through some of these findings from this research, how it was conducted, how many people were spoken to and, and what was found out? Absolutely. Um, I think many of us know the anecdotal stories um, of challenge that we see and read newspapers and see on telly and, and hear about people who have taken their lives and, and, and everyone in our industry seemed to have an anecdotal story and we all knew of challenges but um, what was quite interesting when trying to sort of talk to government a few years ago and there was always this question being raised well where's the statistics and I thought well that doesn't make sense of course there's statistics um, anyway went about researching and realising that no it was quite phenomenal that for um, the size of, well, say, given the size of the entertainment industry in Australia and internationally, there are just so little study has been done on the impact the industry has on its workers. There's been some study on musicians in the UK and the US, but that was probably about it. Um, certainly nothing on support workers, technicians. Um, so, Entertainment Assist set about um, doing a, a World First, which was a research project across all sectors of the, of the entertainment industry. So, that's performers through the support crew. Um, directors, producers, um, you know, the whole boxing gamut. We had nearly 3,000 participants in this particular study. Um, we collected about half a million data points and that represented about 30,000 years of industry experience. And what that now shows us was that the common denominator, as pretty straightforward, is passion. Um, everyone in the industry is completely and utterly passionate, whether they're on stage or wearing a black T-shirt behind the scenes. 
Um, we're all sensitive um, and creative. That creativity leads to sensitivity. So we have sensitive, creative, passionate people working in a very, very cutthroat industry. Um, we have bullying, harassment, um, isolation, job insecurity, low pay. Um, on, there's a lot of challenges. Let's just stop there. Let, let's just <laughs> break that down a little bit because that's a lot. First of all, congratulations on that research. 3,000 people, 30 thousand years of industry experience did you say yeah <laughs> that's amazing we're just we're just contemplating that in the in the studio john and i and our heads are heads are hurting but you were saying you know this this passion this is this is a creative environment people are there because you know they believe in something um and you're saying you mentioned bullying and harassment let's let's talk about that well there there is because we we have an industry where um well i, I decided we have way more um, supply than demand. So because there are so many people that are wanting to get a gig, um, you know, there, there are situations where those that are potentially our employers, um, there is challenges with, with, with certainly bullying and harassment. Um, there are times when particular performers uh, are asked to, you know, work and, and support career after work crazy hours um, just to get stuff done. And whether it's stage, screen industry, um, in particular, you know, it has quite challenging times that people have to work and cope with things when on location and meeting schedules and deadlines. Um, it's a fiercely competitive industry. So um, because there are, I think, there are just so few jobs, I mean, roughly 5% of our industry are employed at any one time. So that there's is, not a lot of that people that a, actually get a gig. That's an amazing statistic, just that they're 5% employed at, at any Well, that's, one time. Well, it's why so many people go overseas, you know. Our market is so small here in Australia. Um, um, on the other hand, what's quite interesting, you know, so you might look at that from as uh, far as, they say, live performance side of things and screen, the screen side of the, the industry, um, we have people that have burnout now because video content is, so it's so much more required, um, and that's you know there's people coming into the industry and they're, again having to work crazy hours to sort of meet the demand, um, particularly in television um, of the content output. People are getting burnt out. Um, so there's a whole bunch of challenges, unfortunately, that people in our industry face, and as a result of that, um, I mean you sort of you mentioned the suicide ideation. You know we have a suicide um, attempts are double that of the general population. Um, 44% of our people experience moderate to severe anxiety, and that's 10 times the rate of the general populace. And our rates of depression are five times higher than the general public. Okay, um, so again, let, let's just pause there, there, Susan, because those that is just out-of-the-ballpark differences in, in figures, and the rest of us who aren't in this industry can say, well, look, you know, we have stresses at work, we all have deadlines. What's so, what's so special about the entertainment industry? And, and sitting here and, and hearing you talk, I'm just wondering if this um, whole um, idea of the show must go on, there's something about this entertainment ethos that's it's kind of drenched or informed by this notion that you will just push or push through, that that's a part of it, which perhaps can even... Um, you know, create a hothouse kind of condition where you have to work hard, you'll have to go that extra mile. It's expected. It's just show business. Am I wrong there? Or It's a combination of two things. I mean, mental health is, is really our ability, or good mental health, is our ability to cope with the normal stressors of life. Um, yes. And everyone has a different stressor, whatever a normal is. So that a normal for someone in the entertainment industry is working crazy hours and, and leading up, say, putting a show on. Like it, it mightn't be much sleep. It might be super intense, very stressful. Um, but some of that also leads to great performance. 
Um, and then, but then we know that, you know, we look at, say, paramedics, for example, they can go and attend a, a, a road trauma. Now, we, you know, most of the general populace can't do that. So that would be extraordinarily stressful and would impact upon us. So it's, it's, we're all different depending mm. on the industry that we're in and what the work that we do on the, what do we call our normal stressors. It's stressors um, get to a stage where they become unhealthy. Yes. Um, and certainly um, things like the whole sense of the show must go on, a part of that is great. Yes, we, we, the show must go on, um, you know, because that's, that's exciting and, and yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we can create great things. But mm. the show must go on because I'm sick and I'm unwell and if I don't actually do my job, then I'm going to lose my job and because there's 20 or 100 people standing behind me waiting to take my job. That's when it becomes really challenging and that's one of the big, big um, issues we have in talking about mental health within our industry is that there is, as across all of us, there's a stigma attached to it and we're just learning about the fact that we have physical health, we have mental health, and but we also have mental illness as a part of that. And what do we need to do to actually um, deal with that? It's really interesting because when I think of performers and I think of people who are involved in the production of any show, whether they're kind of out at the front or or behind the scenes, it's an act of courage to create something. It's an act of bravery to say, here is what I've produced to the world, and now you're saying by starting this this conversation, it's it's another act of bravery, isn't it? Too, it's about being being honest, and um, in some ways, I think you know this this industry once they get that message, do you think they'll embrace it once that conversation starts? Oh, very much so. We, we have developed in conjunction with Black Dog Institute um, a program called Intermission, which is a mental health training program specifically for members of the entertainment industry. We've been rolling that out for the last year or so now, and it's quite fantastic. And it, you know, we actually teach people to look at what, what does anxiety and depression look like, how to identify it, and most importantly, actually how to have the mental health conversation. Mm. Um, and that's you know, giving some you know role playing and actually teaching people really how to actually look at changes of behaviour and um, and draw down to that so that so that we can actually have these mental health conversations. And by having the conversation, that's the first step. It's actually, you know, saying it's actually okay to talk and ask for help. Um, it's so important to actually share how we're feeling. Um, I think that's the other really interesting thing that our research showed us is that um, despite we talked about the neg- negative side of the industry, despite all of that, people in our industry really want to help each other. They just don't know how. Um, and that's a great step for us. So we can have to entertain the cities. We know that, okay, through training, I'm also looking at the bigger picture going, okay, how do we work towards then um, creating and developing a prevention-first framework? So one of the big pieces of work we're doing at the moment is um, really drawing together all the key industry bodies and associations across all sectors of the industry to form an alliance for wellness and entertainment so that we can actually work together and um, develop a prevention-first framework which will include you know, putting resilience training and mental health training into um, a tertiary education because um, that's our one primary funnel into, our, into this industry, yes. which is quite amazing um, for a very disparate industry because there's no overarching body um, across the entire entertainment industry. So we look at you know, curriculum development, look at you know, how can we um, you know, include mental health um, into industrial relations as far as you know, workplace safety practices. Yes. Um, you know, there's a, currently a touring kit for, for, for touring managers being put together so that they can you know, learn how to actually deal with people whilst on the road. So there's a whole bunch of tools and resources that we need to develop. And we're looking really down the lens of prevention first because we okay. have... Um, yeah. you know, 
Well, we have so many sort of um, benevolent associations in our industry that look at, you know, the crisis, trying to dole out a few dollars when there's a crisis. Um, we really need to look at, you know, the, the front end, and that's the work that Entertainment Assist is really doing, is going, OK, let's start with front end. Let's train people to be equipped to be match fit yes. to work in our industry. And know um, when they're not, as you say, taken take intermission. And speaking of intermission, Susan, I'm very sorry, but um, we are going to have to take an intermission <laughs> now. <laughs> no segue. But yeah, I know I'm, I'm a queen of the segue. But look, thank you so much for talking with us. It's um, and thank you for your valuable research. And perhaps you can come back and speak to us um, a bit more when you've got this key alliance going, and we can keep a track of how these things are going, how it's all tracking. Would be delighted, and I encourage people to um, to find out more at our website at entertainmentassist.org.au. Good, and we'll have those details up on our website as well. Thank you so much, thank Susan. You. My pleasure. Thank you. Do you need mental health support from people who have been there? Wellways Helpline is a free and confidential service providing mental health information, support and referral advice. All our Helpline volunteers are peers, people who have lived experience of mental health issues. If you are experiencing concerns with your mental health and well-being or supporting someone who is, call Helpline on 1300 500 Monday to Friday, 9am till 9pm. If you don't know which way to turn or who to talk to, call us on 1300 500. Wellways Australia is a leading national mental health disability support and community care organisation and a 3CR supporter. communication mixed down and we're continuing our conversation about the hidden cost paid by those who dedicate their lives to entertaining us both front of house and backstage we just heard from susan cooper who's from entertainment assist but joining me now on the phone is ben Steele, and ben is the director and the producer of a documentary on this topic and it's aptly titled the show must go on ben thanks so much for joining us We seem to have lost Ben. <laughs> Never mind. We'll try and get Ben back. But um, in the meantime, we'll just, as they say in this industry, the show must go on and we'll just have a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. And we're back and we have just spoken with Susan Cooper from Entertainment Assist. You're with Communication Mixdown and we're trying again. Hello, Ben Steele. 
Hello, how are you? <laughs> Let me introduce you to our listeners, Ben. Um, you are the director and the producer of a documentary on the topic we've been talking about, and your documentary is aptly titled The Show Must Go On. Doesn't that just sum up live radio? Yeah, well, yeah, full of technical issues and the life and the show must go on. It is, and it's going on. So first of all, tell us what prompted you to make this documentary, Ben. Yeah, well, kind of being in the industry for about 30 years myself, I've kind of had my own ups and downs and certainly have watched colleagues around me kind of struggle with working in the the film and TV industry for a long time. Well, let's just Um, stop there and and tell us a little bit. hmm. What what is that like for you? Yeah, I think... think Definitely the insecurity of, of income and jobs. Uh, quite often we're working away from our friends and family and doing night shoots and, and all kinds of things like that. So it's quite a stressful working environment. Um, and, and I think also the other thing is just uh, the kind of competitive nature that kind of, you know, that's going on. And we're always trying to get ahead and and trying to get up to the next career point. But Quite often when we actually do reach those career milestones, um, there's a bunch of pressures that come with that. That you know, we, we think we're working towards this one point that will make us happy and we'll finally get our break and we're comfortable. But when you get there, you kind of realise, oh, geez, there's a heap more work to do or there's new pressures to face. So you never quite get there. So I think that all contributes to... Uh, the, the the circumstance we're in with the industry with the mental health being such an issue. And so, why not just get a day job? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that's that's quite a good question. A lot of people outside of the industry pose that to us, and certainly, you know, my parents through growing up as well are kind of like, oh, you know, you're putting all your eggs in the one basket and all that. But I think the thing is, with people that are creative and they're working in a creative industry. It's 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 what we're born to do. It's we really believe that it's in our blood, and it's just what we're meant to do. And and some people might see that as quite a selfless, a selfish kind of thing. But at the same time, it is actually quite selfless in the sense that we're willing to put so much into what we do, so that we can, um, so our life can have a, a higher purpose. That we can kind of communicate messages and ideas and solutions to people out there so that they can look at themselves and maybe or help their lives in some way. So exactly. in a way, I mean, a lot of people say it is maybe a calling, you know, like a religious calling, but it's a creative calling. So I think that's why we can't just go off and get a day job. And many people do try to leave the industry and get um, pulled back in because they just miss it so much. We love it. It's, it's, who, it's who we are. It's what we're meant to do. And I was being mischievous with that question and, and really grateful yeah, that no, I'm in the studio and, and not in a cafe where I can get ice water thrown on me and I know you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> do that. But just I'm just thinking, you know, how much the poorer the rest of us would be without all the wonderful art that people um, pursue doggedly to create and, and present to us. And I think um, yeah, what Susan's definitely. research or what Susan was telling us about is it comes comes with that cost and during the filming of your documentary you uncovered some quite heart-wrenching um, stories so can you can you share some of those that made a strong impact on you someone who's been in the industry a long time and and as, as you said mm. had your own ups and downs yeah definitely I mean there's definitely been many memorable moments um, you know making this film I've, I've been in such a beautiful position to talk to people not only in the screen industry, which is, you know, the part of the industry I'm from, but in music and dance and, and parts of the industry that I don't know. Um, probably one of the biggest ones that kind of 
stood out was actually an interview or, or, or a conversation or a couple of conversations that weren't actually on camera that I filmed was with a, with a, a gaffer who's the head of the lighting department um, in film and TV that I used to work with when I was doing lighting myself. Um, and I, and I happened to call him in a, in a place in his life where he had been struggling for, for probably about two to three years and, and work had dried up. And the thing is with, with, with a lot of people in the film industry, like the, the technical guys, is they're investing lots, like millions of dollars into uh, equipment and trucks and getting all this stuff. And if they're not working, if, if, if work has dried up for whatever reason, they still have to pay the, the down payments, the mortgages on, on that equipment. And that can really ruin people. And, and, and this particular um, guy that I used to work with was the top of his game, you know, working on some massive, massive American and uh, uh, projects that we're shooting here and also local films. And then things just started to, to dry up for him. But you'd think and he was living the dream, wouldn't you, that the money would have just been rolling in from, from those kind of big, big films. Yeah, and that's a, I think that's one of the misconceptions about the entertainment industry from the general population is that they, you know, that they see I guess the the top earners out there on the red carpet or getting awards for cinematography and things like that, and they kind of assume that life is good and there's you know hundreds of houses that they own and and <laughs> things are going great in their bank balance, but quite often it's, it's not. You know, and, and I'm not sure if Susan touched on that, uh, the research, uh, the, the statistics about income. It's, it's really, really low. Like most, no, she didn't actually. Uh, 65% are living, you know, below the, um, below the, uh, the, the average minimum wage. 65% of, you know, 42,000 people. That's wow. like, it's, it's crazy. Um, so you might see somebody popping up on TV if they're in, in front of the camera on a couple of shows. But they'll be having to work day jobs or several day jobs just to kind of, you know, piece their income together for the whole year so they can support themselves, their family and, you know, and whatever else is going on in their lives. So there's no mystery to it, is there? When you look at this, I mean, if you can't afford to pay your bills, if you can't afford to look after your family, put food on the table, you're not going to be happy. You are going to get depressed. Mm. So what um, what did you find in the in your doco were people doing to, to cope with this and to survive this so they yeah. can keep creating because you've got to nurture your creativity and if you can't eat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the biggest things that we're kind of exploring in, in the doco, and this, this is maybe a bit of a controversial statement as well, is that we want to take the commerce out of art. And that doesn't mean that we don't deserve as practitioners to get paid for our craft and, and what we're doing. But I think it's taking that pressure that we have to earn money from our art with everything that we do because that, that kind of can take away the, the passion, the love from it and, and just put so much pressure on ourselves. You know, there's, there's a value that society kind of puts on us when we go into a party and you kind of say, oh, I'm an actor. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, what have you done? What have I seen you in? And they're judging us straight away. And it's a similar thing with the, taking the comments out of the art. If I'm not getting paid... Um, from working on a professional movie, then that somehow means that I'm actually not an actor or I'm not a Well, it's like being a mother, isn't it? You I'm may not, not a... get paid for it, but you're still looking after children and raising, exactly. raising souls. That's, you know, that's this a is... perfect point to make, exactly. You know, yeah. So um, that's, that's one of the big things is, is just, just a slight little mind shift around yeah. what we do and, and, and rather than 
focusing on perhaps having a creative career mm. focus on living a creative life. So that means that's it doesn't a, that's matter really if you're getting great, money from it or not. Yeah, that is a that is a great distinction and finding your worth um in you know um intensely with within yourself that said i wish Definitely you within and, yourself. and yeah. the 42,000 other um actors artists and everyone behind the scenes buckets of money to rain from the sky on all of you so that we can keep appreciating <laughs> your art and ben that is i am so sorry that is all we have time for today our show is going to a close but um thank you for your work and we're going to put your um links up to your film documentary on our website so thank you so much for your time my pleasure check out the show must go on.com.au and thank you very much for your time thanks so much ben So that was the documentary filmmaker Ben Steele and his film The Show Must Go On explores those pressures faced by the people whose job it is to entertain the rest of us. And earlier we spoke to Susan Cooper from the organisation Entertainment Assist about how those in the entertainment industry have an attempted suicide rate more than double the general population. We have their details on our website and for anyone needing help dealing with any thoughts of self-harm, the lifeline number is 131114. And that's it for Communication Mixdown this week. Thanks to John Langer for helping in the studio today. We're back next Thursday and we look forward to joining you then.